Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. If you are like me, you are putting together your summer reading list, and I've got a good one for you. It's called Forbidden Love. It's the true story of a black priest and a white nun, and you can take it from there. But anyway, their affair defied the church, society, and everybody else at that time. And the author of the book joins me, Renaissance woman Lisa Jones Gentry. Welcome to Hollywood Live Extra. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, well, I got to before we even get into the book and how you came to write this story, I want the audience to know that you are a lawyer by trade who has done TV shows, TV syndication, movies, high tech ventures, and now an author. How did you come across this story? Well, it's actually, it's a, it's a fascinating book. And the person whose story this is, Joe Steele, had read my first novel called Dead Man Speaks, which got nominated for an Image Award. And mm-hmm. he loved the book and called me up one day and said, I have been trying to write my story, but I'm not a memoir writer. So could I hire you to write this book? And I said, sure. And so he had voluminous, you know, notes that he had taken with, you know, talking to his birth mother, Sister Sophie, the white nun, mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as interviews with his own family members. So I took all of that material and I created what we see, which is forbidden love. So every single thing in the book is true. But the dialogue and the way the book was put together was what I imagined the, the, the characters would have said and would have imagined mm-hmm. how they would have reacted. But every single thing in this book, as crazy as the story is, is all true. And it really, I, can you just give us a really kind of quick synopsis of what happened here? You've got a black man. First of all, let's talk about the black man who, who becomes a priest, because that right. was unusual. This takes place, by the way, in the 40s and 50s and 60s, correct? Yes. Well, actually, the core story, the love story between Sister Sophie, a white nun who had been a nun since she was 14, but met Father Grau when she was 37, and Father William Grau, a black priest who was also ordained at the Vatican because no Catholic seminary would accept him in 1930. But their love story takes place in the late 50s and the early 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's the story of two people Father Grau, a black priest who also served in World War II as the black chaplain to the all-black Buffalo Soldiers Unit in Italy, and Sister Sophie uh, Lagaki, who became a nun at 14. She came from an immigrant Polish family and decided the best thing she could do was to be a nun and was very happy being a nun. But they met in the late 50s, and it was just this, this immediate attraction and love affair that they had. And so they had a secret love affair for two years they go to Niagara Falls and they be together, and then she gets pregnant. Oh my God, she's a nun. She's a priest, <laughs> right? It's 1957, you know. Right. And so, ultimately, she obviously has the baby, gives the baby up for adoption. But then they were so much in love that when she, when she, after she gives birth, and she's of course no longer a nun, he asked her to come back and live with him as his housekeeper. So they lived together essentially as almost as husband and wife until his death in 1964. So they had a relationship that spanned 10 years. It was a true love relationship. Yeah, and they both were yeah. very concerned about their son, Joe Steele, and making sure that he had been adopted by a loving family, which in fact he was. And so this book is actually Joe's story as well. He was adopted by the Steele family in Cincinnati, a black family. And they were wonderful people, wonderful to him. He had a very happy childhood. 
the book has a lot of really funny, poignant incidents that mm-hmm. happen in Joe's life, and that's all woven in between the central love story, which is his sister Sophie and father William Crow. I mean, it's a brilliant story. I I know you guys must be trying to shop this for a movie because we have not seen this one on the big screen or small screen, to tell you the truth. Absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) And we've actually gotten some interest. There are some producers who have expressed a very strong interest in the book. So we're kind of, you know, looking at at options and what sort of things make the most sense. But the thing is, you read this book and it is truth is stranger than fiction. I mean, you couldn't have made this up because even Father Grau himself his mother was Irish and right. in 1905, and she was engaged to a white guy in 1905, but had an affair with a black guy. And so when she goes ahead and marries the white guy, she gives birth a few months later to a black baby whose father William Grout. But to his wow. credit, her, her husband adopted him as his own, and they proceeded to then have, I believe, eight more kids. So he was raised as a black child in an all-white family in Cleveland in the 1900s. Again, mm-hmm. you can't make this up. This no. is true. I know. And it is very interesting because, as you know, I, I'm an d- adopted child. And so yes. I, I read this, and there were there are really a lot of similarities. I think this book could be very helpful to people like myself who have been adopted. I mean, I was yes. lucky. I was like Joe. I knew my birth family, my biological family, and I and obviously they actually placed me in the home that they wanted me in. They made sure I had loving parents. I did. I had a wonderful mm-hmm. childhood, just wonderful. So there are a lot of similarities, but it, and it was also in the same part of the country, which actually mm-hmm. made me wonder if that's what was going on. You know, like in the fifties and sixties, I for the first time it dawned on me. Maybe there were a lot of black kids being adopted by mm-hmm. black families at that time. Yep, yep. No, I'm sure there were. I mean, Joe was in an adoption agency with, you know, uh, many, many other children. And one of the challenging things was because he looked, he was so fair-skinned, or is so fair-skinned, and particularly as a baby, but he had Negro on his birth certificate. And so he literally languished in foster care for 18 months because... Black families said, well, he doesn't look black enough. And white families said, well, maybe he's going to darken up at some point. And finally, <laughs> the Steele family, who luckily looked a lot like Joe. They were, most of them were very, very light-skinned. And, mm-hmm. and it was really because of his brother, Billy, who's 12 years older. And they were, the parents were thinking about bringing another child into their home. Because they had adopted Billy, his older brother. Mm-hmm. And they were in the orphanage. And Billy runs down the hallway as a 12-year-old runs into this room with with rows and rows of beds and children and he said this is my baby brother this is the one and that's how joe joined the Steele family and it was a wonderful you know just a lovely loving experience he had great parents his father unfortunately died when he was about four but he was very close to his mother and is still very close to his older brother so he Mm -hmm. was very fortunate he was adopted like you into a really really wonderful loving african-american family Yep, exactly. Now, now here's the other thing, though, that's kind of interesting, because I'm, I'm thinking about Joe. So how is how has all of this affected Joe today? I mean, obviously, he's done well in life. He's a Harvard graduate. Um, yes, Harvard business. I, also. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's very interesting because, you know, I went to Harvard as well. I mean, there's so many right. similarities. It was like, oh, my gosh. But anyway, um, how is how did this affect him? Finally seeing his story written like this. 
Well, I mean, I think he's, first of all, thrilled to have the story come out, and it was very brave of him to share the story, so we're all happy because of that. But I think it's affected him in a way that, you know, he's, it's cathartic in a lot of ways. You know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's able to share his story with the world. It's a very positive story. It's an uplifting story. And I think he thinks, as, as I do, that, you know, as we both do, that this is a story that can really change people because it's really about the right to love. In fact, the theme mm-hmm. of the book is the right to love, because regardless of your race or gender or sexual orientation or whatever, you have the right to love whom you, who you want. As long as, you know, you're both consenting adults, you should have the right to choose who you love. And that's yeah. really the theme that is, you know, underlies this book is the right to love. And you know the other part of it, Lisa, I have to commend you because as much as it is a love story, it's also a really good story about American history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just and, and, and actually American geography. Uh, yep. The whole idea of, of being in Buffalo, you know, uh, where we've been many times because I grew up in Michigan right. um, and in Ontario. And so, you know, and, and just really thinking about that part of the country and mm-hmm. what was going on there because you know people think of racism at that particular time in the south but yeah. it was it was just bad in the north exactly i mean if you remember there's a scene in the book where she was you know kind of sitting out with some of the other workers in the glass factory after she had given birth and the rumor was that she'd been pregnant obviously because i guess it mm-hmm. was showing at some point but when they found out, when they saw Father Grau approaching and she ran to him and they put two and two together, the first thing was, oh, my God, her guy is a Negro. Right. You know? And even the scene where she was waiting, you know, every week she would wait for him in the, in the quote, color part of town because it was actually less right. conspicuous for a white woman to be in the color part of town than for a black man to come to the white part of town. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were a group of black women who noticed her and weren't happy that she was going away with a black guy. And, you know, almost really, you know, she almost came to to harm there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to your point, it wasn't as if racism was restricted to the South. It was probably more virulent there, but it certainly expanded, unfortunately, throughout the entire country. Wow. Just want everybody to know that you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. My guest today is Lisa Jones Gentry. She is author of uh, one of the top books on my summer reading list. It's called Forbidden Love. Uh, Lisa, you know, you've done, like I said, so many things. But in your life, what do you think are some of, I mean, you've, you've led a fascinating life too, girl. That's mm-hmm. a whole other, that's a whole other show. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. It's definitely but been different. That's for sure. It has, but it's been all good. It's all good. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, none of us are complaining good. about that. Um, what would you like for people to walk away with after reading this? I mean, you know, everybody, first of all, reading is so important. You know, everybody's on their digital whatever these days, and it's nice to just pick up a book and just get lost, you know, in that book. Yeah, I mean, I think that what I would like for people to take away with is the power of love and how it transcends every other negative thing that could happen in your life. I mean, this was, talk about the odds being stacked against them. A white nun mm-hmm. and a black priest in 1950s Buffalo, New York, yet they have a child who becomes incredibly successful and has a happy life and ultimately reunites with his first mother and is able to have a relationship with her. 
But I believe that all this happened because of the power of love. Because in the mm-hmm. end of the day, love triumphed. Love kept them together. Love drove Joe to be able to meet his birth mother. Love allowed her to share the story of her love with Father Grau with her child, Joe. So I think if people are looking for a, a true testimony to the power of love and want a book that's going to make them feel really good at the end, this is the book for them. Yeah, that's the thing I like about it. It's got a nice ending. I mean, you know, you can kind of take what you want from it, but but the bottom line is that, oh, yeah, okay, this this worked out okay. Because there are times yeah. when you kind of wonder, you know, which is great because mm-hmm. that makes it a good book because you're not sure how it's going to, like, okay, what's going to happen next here? Right. <laughs> you know, where, right. where is yeah. this going? But exactly. anyway, exactly. well, congratulations to you. Where can everybody find uh, Forbidden Love? So they can find it on Amazon. It's also, I believe, on BarnesandNoble.com, but probably most easily on Amazon.com, Forbidden Love, written by Lisa Jones Gentry, is told by Joe Steele. And please do support us. If you like the book, please give us a great five-star testimonial. We love them. We're racking them up. And love to have yours. So, Tanya, I can't thank you enough. You know, I've always loved your show and admired your work, so this is just one more reason to admire your work and love your work. <laughs> well, thank you. You can come on anytime. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> I, and I'm looking forward. I honestly, I, I would love to see this on, on a movie or on TV or, or something. I mean, actually, you know, you could stretch this out into a little mini series. We should talk about that one because you, you, you know actually, that. You know, you actually could because there's so much there that I couldn't get in the book because. You know, nowadays, to your point, people don't read a lot, so we didn't Mm -hmm. want to make it too long. But there's a lot I could have put in that book that would make an incredible miniseries, particularly given the interest in women's stories. I mean, you look at some of the top A-list producers out there who are also talent, like Reese Witherspoon. I mean, I could see her in this role. I mean, it's a rich role. She'd be perfect, wouldn't she? And it's about a woman who takes a stand and, you know, does something extraordinary. And it's mm-hmm. also about a black man who takes a stand and does something extraordinary. So I can't think of a more relevant topic for today. I mean, you look at shows like Mixish, which are talking about biracial relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. this is like the mother of them all, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. You got it, girl. <laughs> yeah. You go with yep. your bad self then. I love it. I'm loving Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today thank and being you. our guest. Forbidden thank Love, you. everybody. Check it out. Put it on. Put it in your your beach bag. Um, you know, send it to friends, whatever, because it's a good one. And I just want everybody to know, if you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe to SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast podcast directory make sure you download all of these because you don't want to miss any of them if you like what you hear just like lisa said please leave us a five-star review i'm tanya hart this is hollywood live extra on american urban radio networks and online hollywood live extra a product of american urban radio networks